Hey, it's Lisa. This episode of the REIT Search Podcast is sponsored by my Credible Health Bug Shop. If you're a nutritionist, dietitian, fit pro, or health coach, the shop contains a ton of done-for-you content to save you time and fill your digital marketing calendar. Every piece of content in the shop is pre-written, well-researched, expertly edited, and limited edition. As a health pro, you could choose from either long form or mini articles in your field of interest and use them to stay in touch with your audience without having to do the research and content creation yourself. Simply customize and paste them into your blog, email software, or social media platform and hit publish. To check out the Credible Health Blog Shop, visit my website at lisacleach.com. That's L-E-E-S-A-K-L-I-C-H. Research is a podcast that explores current nutritional research and health studies. This podcast is for entertainment, educational, and informative purposes only. If you have any health questions, see your doctor or licensed health professional. So I'll dive in then. All right. Welcome back to Research. Welcome. Season two. Season two. I know. We're here. We made it. So this is awesome. And we're going to talk about a study. We're going to briefly talk about a, a fascinating study that I thought was fascinating. And it's all about stress. So I found this study when I was researching to write an article on stress Mm -hmm. and it was really interesting. This was just published earlier this year. I believe it was February or March. I think it was March, 2021. Oh, that's really recent then. Yeah, it's really recent. And um, it was, it was fascinating to me because we like in general, when we hear about stress, we talk about, you know, stress hormones, for example, you know, what do we automatically think about? Cortisol cortisol we think about adrenaline we think about the hypothalamic pituitary axis like we think about Mm -hmm. these things that are well well known but of course there's always more to know and that's why research keeps going so this particular study was really interesting because it actually was a review of multiple studies of of 10 which makes it a a higher quality study than a single one Mm -hmm. and it was a review and a meta-analysis of 10 studies awesome I know I I love these they have so much more uh, robust information in it especially if the studies they find are good quality studies Mm -hmm. and what happened was they found that ghrelin was a stress hormone this amazes me I mean it when you kind of stop and think about it it makes sense but until you're kind of shown that I was like what so to be clear, I really don't know much about this article, but I did get a sneak peek. So I'm going to be amazed along with the <laughs> listener as I hear about this article. But that's it's Yeah. OK, I need to hear more. Yeah, it's totally is totally interesting. So this was was called ghrelin as a biomarker of stress, systematic review and meta-analysis. And it was published in the journal Nutrients okay. earlier this year. Awesome. And of course, full link online in our show notes. And the link will be there. The reference is there. You can read it all yourself. So I want to pull out a few of the cool highlights Mm -hmm. for this. So um, stress, of course, is like your fight, flight, freeze reactions. Mm -hmm. And it's like you almost sometimes 
I don't know about you, but you can kind of sometimes feel the hormones going through your body. It's like all of a sudden you get hot. Yeah. Right. And there's so many symptoms of stress. And one symptom that we may relate to is I need to grab something to eat, man. I'm stressed. Mm, yeah. I need to just find a snack. Like it's, you know what I mean? Do you, do you find that? When it's chronic stress? Yes. Um, short-term okay. stress. Uh, I'm okay. Uh, long-term stress. Yeah. Actually, it's, it's funny you say that. A few years ago, my husband and I did the edge walk at the CN Tower. No way. How was that? It was fantastic. So uh, let, and let me tell you, I'm scared of heights. And so I did it oh because I was like, I need to face this, this fear of mine. Good for you. And afterwards, I was so hungry. <laughs> <gasps> we went out for lunch after because we had done it like late morning. Right. And I inhaled a lot of food. And I, it was because of that. I know it was because of that stress response. That was pretty extreme, though. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Walking along the edge of the CN Tower is pretty extreme. <laughs> yeah, 1,200 feet up, no less. And they make you lean out over the side. It what? Is. Oh, yeah. No, it was uh, uh, adrenaline worthy, let me say. <laughs> right. That is really interesting. I've never done it. Yeah. Um, would you recommend it? I would. Yeah. It okay. was definitely a very good experience overall. I felt, I mean, it was, it was crazy, but it was, uh, it was good to be able to to say I could do it and definitely worth it. It was a really good experience. Right. I felt very safe considering you're hanging out cool. over 1200 feet okay. of nothing. But right. Of course, you're all harnessed in. Overly so, yeah. I couldn't sit. Yes. I was so harnessed in. <laughs> Standing room only. Got to stand on the yeah, edge of the same tower. <laughs> awesome. So ghrelin, just for background, because we're, we're chatting about this hormone called ghrelin, little bit of background. It is a hunger hormone. Mm -hmm. And what they found that, and I mean, it has many roles in the body. This is the main one that, that we've been discovering and, and researching, but it's, it's like an appetite regulation hormone mm -hmm. and it's made by the stomach. Mm -hmm. It's also made elsewhere, but we'll focus on the hunger and the stomach right now. Um, and it gets you to start looking for food. It starts this like food seeking behavior and meal initiation behavior. And these studies that were reviewed in this particular article showed that it increases in response to, and this one looked at acute stress. So acute okay. stress. So I think we talked about this in another episode. What, what does ghrelin remind you of? Gremlins. Gremlins. <laughs> and for it's me, for you. Gremlin reminds me of the grumbling, like the stomach grumbling. So it's so yeah. funny. That's how you remember from now on. Any of our listeners are going to know ghrelin is yeah. the grumbling gremlins hunger hormone. Okay. Yeah. So um, again, this looked at multiple studies. So some they have to induce stress somehow in people and measure the, kind of the before and the after, right? Mm -hmm. That's an experimental clinical study. So in some of these 10 studies, they um, had people immerse their hand in freezing cold water, their non-dominant hand for two minutes, and they would measure the, the ghrelin um, progression. Okay. Others, they would have to do a uh, timed math test, right? So there were a number <laughs> of ways that they induced stress. Does that stress? People get stressed out with this stuff. No, I just find it funny that that's right. what they're using as a stress inducer yeah. is a math yes. test. <laughs> a timed one. Exactly. Yeah. 
Okay, that that makes sense. It definitely stresses yes. a lot of people out. Legit. This is legit stressors. Yeah. And they measured the levels of ghrelin. And what they found was it increased quite a bit within the first five minutes, right? It's like you're, okay. you're, you're exposed to a stressor and your ghrelin increases. And then it slowly decreases over the next minutes and hours. So for example, you relieve the stress. Okay. So your hand comes out of the water, you're, you're done the test or whatever. And it has a half-life of about less than half an hour. So within half an hour, okay. it's half of what it originally was. And then within another half an hour, it's another half. So within an hour, it's about a quarter of what it was at the beginning. And so it slowly goes down, but it shoots right up in the first few minutes. And then it slowly goes down. So what, so the, the thinking is that, you know, stress can cause people to feel like they need to eat. And mm-hmm. let's see what the actual implications are if there's a hormonal link on it. So these 10 studies show that there is a hormonal link. Now, they wanted to take this a step further because this is really interesting to me. And, and you know, this is, this is really cool stuff. So to take it a step further, they wanted to look at overweight. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, because the part of the, the hypotheses is having excess weight causes stress. And having stress Mm -hmm. can be a contributor to excess weight. So it's like this loop. And so they're like, well, how do we determine if ghrelin is part of that as well? Mm -hmm. And so what they did was people who were experiencing overweight and obesity, Mm -hmm. they had higher levels of ghrelin than, than people who were not um, experiencing overweight and obesity. And the higher oh, wow. the BMI of the person, the longer the ghrelin stayed up. So the half-life was extended. So it lasted longer once it was actually in the, the blood. peak was extended. Oh, wow. So instead of it peaking for five minutes, it was peaking for even up to 45 That's minutes. That's a long time. It's So it was like higher for longer mm-hmm. before it even started decreasing. So it's like, wow, like there's other hormonal links that we're just discovering now when it comes to stress, which is a huge problem, especially pandemic stress on top of Uh the other stresses, right? And you have excess weight and and that's a problem um, for a lot of people. And so, you know, hormones interconnecting those is one Mm -hmm. of possibly quite a few um, different, different issues. So, um, the overall conclusion of the study. Oh, and another thing too, is when it came to the weight and the ghrelin, we really don't know what comes first, right? Mm-hmm. Because as we're seeing that kind of vicious cycle where having excess weight and experiencing that causes stress and having stress is linked to increasing weight. So we don't really yeah. know what comes first, but this study did show that when it comes to acute stress, like short-term immediate stress, ghrelin shoots up mm-hmm. and stays up for a while yeah. before it actually starts coming down. And that could be a big reason or definitely contributors to why you kind of feel like you need to just, I'm, I'm stressed out, I just need to grab something to eat. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we see this with a lot of other parallels in health and nutrition. You know, what came first? Was it, did the arthritis come first, which caused people being overweight or did people being overweight limit them? And so then they started developing more inflammation. 
you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg. And those are just two examples, but right. you have to break the cycle somehow and disrupt some of these feedback loops so that you can start addressing the, the issue. And the more we know, the more we can address and and have things that are actually going to work because they're based on research that is finding out these additional things to consider that we may not have even noticed or realized in the past. Oh, you know, another interesting thing that the study said was that we used to think that ghrelin Mm. came down after eating, right? Because if it initiates your kind of food seeking meal initiation behavior, that after eating is when it comes down. But in this experiment, they found that it started coming down even when the people were not eating. That I find really interesting because it, I think Mm -hmm. our understanding in field was that, you know, what's going to bring it down is somehow satiating it with food. Interesting. Right. Now, right. Did they look at other hormones uh, in tandem, like cortisol or leptin, anything like that? I don't remember. I was just focusing. I was focusing a lot on the ghrelin. Yeah, that's a good question. I know. Well, it's interesting. I'm just curious because we know with cortisol, like cortisol as well. I don't know what the half-life right. is, but it doesn't right, last right. a long time. Otherwise, like you'd stay in this heightened state for right. extended periods of time, you know, like it peaks and then it slowly tapers off. I'm wondering how similar those curves are. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Or if the, the there's an inverse relationship with leptin, because I know a lot with people that struggle with obesity as well, or weight issues, or even appetite issues, there tends to be dysfunction as well in leptin. I wonder what the overall or the overlap is with some of the leptin dysfunction as well. And remind everyone what leptin is. Uh, leptin is that satiety hormone. So my understanding is that when we're hungry, we have um, ghrelin increased. Yes. And then as we eat, uh, well, it used to be as we eat. And, and uh, likely for many people, just not, it's not a guarantee. Yeah, um, that comes down. And um, at the same time, we slowly have an increase in leptin, which is the hormone that signals I'm full we have all the nutrients we need, you can stop eating now. Right. But my understanding is that when people start having issues with obesity, and even insulin sensitivity, there tends to be an overlap with leptin sensitivity, and we lose that sensitivity. And so it takes more and more hormone to be able to get that signal coming through, which is why people often have a hard time stopping their eating early enough because they're not getting that signal to their brain because we have some type of leptin resistance. Right. Would you say that you right. have understood in the same way? Yeah. I think that, I think that there's still a lot more to learn um, because I think that a lot of the fundamental research on stress is still really been focusing on yeah. the kind of cortisol adrenaline response and knowing yeah. ghrelin and leptin, which kind of work as opposites to each other. Ghrelin mm-hmm. makes makes you want to find food and leptin makes you feel full, right? I think that that is still, there's still a lot to learn about how those um, hormones work, <clears throat> which is why I think this is so fascinating. Yeah. I didn't really realize it makes sense. I didn't really think of it as like a food seeking hormone, but yeah. I guess that, that, you know, like it signals hunger, which is that when you start rooting through your cupboards and fridge, like, right. I need something. <laughs> right. 
they totally they totally call it uh i believe it was food seeking behavior and meal initiation <laughs> that's funny that's that's how they describe it ghrelin in the study yeah i think it's it's awesome when we something that we thought we fully understood or at least understood well um we start learning it's way more complex than we initially realized yes. and there's more behavioral implications to to what we thought was a simple hormone and it it just i think it's i'm just kind of amazed at how cool hormones are because they just do so much they really are the master controllers and i think there's so much more to them than what we understand right now yeah i think there's a lot to learn a lot to learn in this area for sure but it's to me i i hadn't even mm-hmm. heard about those other 10 studies being done historically because obviously they were done ghrelin was discovered in 1996 so it's been researched for you know quite some time now 25 Wait, years 96 was uh 25 years ago already i thought it was yeah. like five years ago yeah <laughs> no it's true <laughs> it's that problem with that time lapse yeah uh we keep thinking like the 80s was 10 years ago <laughs> <laughs> did you do that where you're like hold on a sec that was 40 years ago yeah <laughs> No, that's, that's really interesting. I, yeah, they're so cool. and so much more complicated than what we originally thought. So really, I mean, let's talk take home message then. Uh, Stress induces ghrelin, which induces appetite, which in some can last for quite a while. And so really, if we want to try and get hunger under control one of the many ways we can approach it is by learning how to manage stress a little bit better is that what you would say yes yes manage stress for sure definitely is a huge contributor to so many you know issues chronic diseases and and Mm -hmm. and problems I, I definitely would say that stress management is a huge thing and also I think that just knowing that the feeling, if, if you're not truly hungry, mm-hmm. the feeling of I need to eat something right now, mm-hmm. when you're stressed can pass without eating. If you're yes. not hungry, I mean, if you're hungry, eat, like eat yeah. food when you're hungry. <laughs> that yeah. is not the point here at all. Like, but if you're not hungry, and you're like, Oh my gosh, I'm really stressed now. I really just want to find something. Yeah, it, it can in some cases, and for some people pass without grabbing that snack. I think it is making sure you're aware of that connection between something happened that induced stress, and it will be different for everybody. Yes. And now I'm craving right. something probably not yes. very good for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, mine changes depending on what's going yeah. on, and what I have available. But Chocolate covered almonds for me. It typically is like sweet stuff for sure. Sweet and greasy, which is again, really not a good (laughs) idea, but you know, being aware of that connection so that you're, you can see your behavior or at least your urges for what they are, which is just a physiological response. And that if you can wait it out, go for a walk, call a friend, do a puzzle, find some way to distract yourself where, Mm -hmm. well, that ghrelin comes comes down right yeah but I think that the whole concept of managing stress is really a fundamental 
It's the million dollar question. All we have to do is like manage stress. I mean, right, man, exactly. That's a that's a mountain on its own. I get it totally. It's yeah. totally crazy to think that there's one simple solution, which there a hundred percent isn't. No. But just understanding more about those interconnections between things that may may have seemed to be interconnected, and now it's like, oh no, there's experimental clinical evidence showing it literally is interconnected. But I think it's interesting too, if you can start paying attention to what your triggers are, what do you know induces stress? Like this is one of those right. stress management techniques. Like, are you able to avoid it at all? Like for so many, it could be finances. And and this is why I think, um, like yep. I, I love learning about personal finance. I find it so interesting. But one of the things you can do is set up an emergency fund because now, you know, you have a safety net, you know, if something happens, if right. your car breaks down, if right. you need to fly home to visit a loved one, like, I mean, God, life can happen in so many different ways. You now know it's like, okay, I know this yeah. isn't going to have to go on the credit card and I'm going to go, owe tons and tons of money. So like, there's one example where you can plan ahead right, for sure, so that you are reducing the likelihood of having this extreme stress response. And this is just one example. There's so many different yeah. ways. If you know certain people are your trigger because they do certain things, and let's face it, this world is pretty trigger happy right now. Avoid your triggers. I've gotten off of a lot of social media lately because of that, because I just was getting so worked up about some of the things some people were saying. So I'm just removing myself from that equation and, yeah. and it's helping. That is so true. Those are really, really great stress management um, strategies. I'll add one that I like that is super hard for me. And that is saying no. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Saying no. Like I'm, and I found some templates on how to say no in the most loving, kind way, <laughs> supportive way, but yeah. really taking on so many things, be they mm -hmm. clients, be they household responsibilities, be they whatever, whatever, all of these things pile up, pile up, pile up yeah. that sometimes, you know, this, if I take on something else now, this is just not cool. So yeah. I think that saying no in a, a very respectable way is mm -hmm. a, a skill I wish I had years ago. Well, and I think it's funny you bring that up too, because I think I've seen the same list and one of them said, you don't have to explain why it is nobody's business, right. what is going on in your life. And they don't have to know every intricate detail of why you cannot take on this other thing. Mm -hmm. All you have to do is say politely, I'm, I'm sorry, it doesn't work for me right now. I'm going to have to decline. And that right. is something everybody has the right to say for sure. And I mean, Again, we're avoiding setting ourselves up for stressful situations. Right. And uh, I mean, that's a big factor. If we, we know certain things are going to trigger us, the best thing you can do is just avoid it overall. I think I've talked about this before, my sugar addiction. To me, I have a, I have a huge sweet tooth. My body does not like sugar, though. Like it does, but it doesn't because it, it just makes me feel horrible after. And I'm one of those people, if I have even a little bit, I lose all control. And, and I can't right. stop eating it. And I find if I just avoid it altogether, then I do much better. And I find from when I talk to people, people fall into right. one of two camps. They can either be like, 
moderators where they can just have a little bit and then they kind of get their fill and other people are in my boat where it's it's all or nothing <laughs> and so you know kind of learning your own behaviors and and what systems work for you because it's all so personalized it's so individual and so unique to each one of us and we just have to yeah. learn about ourselves so that we can figure out the best actions for ourselves right keeping our own self-care and health in top of mind is uh is a good skill yeah this was really cool i'm so glad that you shared this article because it's it's such a valuable piece of information for how individuals can help themselves and how health professionals can help their clients in making healthier choices right right just knowing sometimes is kind of the first step right what's well, half the battle <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who's in my age bracket will know what that means. Uh, G.I. Joe. <laughs> oh, okay. no, you don't remember that? Oh, my goodness. Were they were they public service announcements? I think. Uh, no, I thought it was G.I. Joe. And no one yeah. the battle. Man, okay. I'm going to have to call my brothers and ask because they would yeah, really know. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. So, so hopefully this was helpful because um, there's always new studies coming out and we learn a little bit more every time. So we putting more, more pieces of the puzzle together will help us, you know, move toward uh, the latest research and the best approaches moving forward. So yeah. Continuous learning. Yes, definitely. All right. Awesome. Thank <laughs> you so much for sharing. Yes, thank you. Well, if you enjoyed this episode or this podcast, please rate and, and subscribe and review us on whatever platform you're on. This is uh, how we are able to become more accessible to other listeners so that we can help more people. And feel free to follow us. We are most active on Twitter rather yeah. than any other social network. Um, but we also have an email address. So it's reeksearchll at gmail.com. So feel free to reach out if you have a specific recommendation, a specific study that you're looking at, and let us know. All right. Thanks so much. Have an awesome day. Thanks. You too. Hey, it's Lisa. This episode of the REIT Search podcast is sponsored by My Credible Health Blog Shop. If you're a nutritionist, dietitian, fit pro, or health coach, the shop contains a ton of done-for-you content to save you time and fill your digital marketing calendar. Every piece of content in the shop is pre-written, well-researched, expertly edited, and limited edition. As a health pro, you could choose from either long form or mini articles in your field of interest and use them to stay in touch with your audience without having to do the research and content creation yourself. Simply customize and paste them into your blog, email software, or social media platform and hit publish. To check out the Credible Health Blog Shop, visit my website at lisacleach.com. That's L-E-E-S-A-K-L-I-C-H dot com.